everyone and welcome back to the Humans of James River. I'm your host, Ireland Rogan, and today you are listening to Season 2, Episode 14. My guest today is our new assistant principal at James River High School, Miss Mullis. And she'll be talking about her life story, kind of just letting the James River community know more about her. As well, she touches on some of her goals and personal values when it comes to being an educator. I hope that you all enjoy. I am Mrs. Mullis. I am the new assistant principal at James River this year, and I'm so excited to be on this podcast to get to know some students and staff, and it's been kind of a weird year. We're off to a weird start, so um, I'm so happy to be able to share about myself. Um, So who am I? Well, I was born and raised in a small town outside of Buffalo, New York. Um, The town that I grew up at was like one of those everybody knows everyone kind of towns. It was three square miles. So people grow up there and they never leave. Um, The school that I went to was not very diverse. It was majority white middle-class students. Um, I got a great education there, but I just always had something inside of me that knew that there was more to life. Um, And with the lack of diversity, I just felt like there was something missing. And it it was kind of odd going to school where everybody was the same. It was difficult for me, though, because my family didn't have a lot of money. So I stuck out like a sore thumb amongst my peers because I was always trying to keep up with everybody around me. And I had a lot of personal struggles at home because my dad was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And that played a really big role in my life. And growing up, I didn't like to talk about it at all. Um, I pretend like everything was okay. And it wasn't until later in life that I realized how important it is to share that part of me because it shaped so much of who I am and why I am who I am today. Um, But home life wasn't great. Um, Eventually, my parents got divorced because my mom you know, she was a cool, strong lady and she just wanted to do what was best for us. And she tried her very best to give us a good life. But it was difficult when our parents got divorced because my dad was the breadwinner. So now all of a sudden we went from, you know, being kind of poor to being really poor. And that made things even harder. Um, But a lot of kids who have parents who are drug addicts and alcoholics, They seemed to go down the same path, but it did the opposite for me and my siblings because we saw how the struggle that my mom went through because of my dad and that we were going through because of my dad, how horrible it was. It helped me do the opposite. So when I was in high school, I was straight edge. I never drank, did drugs because I didn't want that life. And I really wanted to be better and different and Even at a young age, I was fantasizing about what it would be like to be an adult and have my own life where my kids didn't have to ever go through that. Um, And a lot of that really helped push me to where I am right now. Um, I wanted to go to college really badly, but my family had no money. So I knew that I had to work really hard in school and get scholarships. So that's why I just poured myself into school. And I had a lot of teachers who saw that I needed to be at school a lot and they really embraced me and they gave me a lot of leadership opportunities and they really believed in me because I was different in high school. Um, I had like my septum pierced, my nose pierced, my pink hair. I was like the alternative girl. And I think that was me crying out for help. But my teachers really took that and helped me become a leader and helped me figure out my pathway to college. And Without them, I don't even know if I'd be here today because they just did so much for me. Um, But I ended up going to college right by my home. I had to stay home just because we couldn't afford for me to dorm or for me to go away. So it was my only option. I worked full time while I was in school, which was hard because I was one of the only kids who I knew at my college who was working full time and going to school. Everybody else dormed and, you know, got to have that college life. But I was half in, half out. Um, College also 
exposed me to people of different races and sexual orientations. And I finally got to meet people different than myself. And I loved that. And that really catapulted me into wanting that more because I had never really experienced that diversity before. So I started um, student teaching and putting myself as a substitute teacher in minority majority schools just so I could get to meet people other than myself. Um, I went to school for elementary education because I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. I wanted to teach kindergarten. I wanted nothing to do with high schoolers. I didn't even want to teach middle school because they were too old for me. So now it's hysterical that I work at a high school and we'll, we'll get to that, but it's, it's funny. Um, after I graduated with my bachelor's, I immediately went into my master's in ESL, English for speakers of other language languages. And again, I think that's because I had never, I had this longing to be around diverse people. And I was so interested in the English learners that I'd worked with when I was doing substitute teaching that I really just wanted to be around people from other countries and people with different experiences. So that's why I decided to get my master's in ESL. And in New York, where I'm from, you have to have your master's to teach. So I thought that that's just what I had to do. Um, but when I graduated with my master's, the area that I was in, in Buffalo, they were shutting down whole schools. So there was no teaching jobs. And a lot of my friends who went to school for teaching and had their master's, some of them were like six years out and they still couldn't find a job. And a lot of my friends were waitressing and substitute teaching, which is fine, but I didn't get my master's to do that. Um, I knew that I had to get a job. So I started looking all over the United States. Um, we had job fairs that came to Buffalo all throughout the U.S. And I, I'd never really left my hometown, so I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but one day I got a list and Richmond was on there. And I'd heard Richmond was cool and artsy, and I thought, oh, that might be cool. So I applied at Henrico County, and um, at the time we used Skype. So they gave me a Skype interview, and they hired me to work in Henrico. And I was like, okay, I'll do it, even though I know nothing about Virginia. So I accepted a position as a high school teacher, which is crazy, to teach high school ESL in the east end of Henrico. So I packed up my little car and I took all the pennies I had and I lived in a hotel and I tried to find a place to live. And I, I eventually found an apartment um, like two weeks after I moved here, but I had never been to Virginia. I didn't know anything about it. I had no idea what Henrico was like. I thought it was pronounced Henrico. I was just desperate to teach. I just really wanted to be a teacher. So I took the leap. I left my family. I danced for 20 years, left my dance studio. So it was hard, but I got lucky because after being here for like maybe three weeks, I met my now husband. So that was cool. Um, he's a good guy. So I wasn't alone for too long, but it was kind of crazy that I just came here alone. Um, but my job in the East end of Henrico was awesome. I had to learn about high school, which I didn't know anything about. I didn't even know how the bell schedule worked. Everyone was so much taller than me. Um, I was confused and scared. <laughs> I'm very short, so it was a little overwhelming. And on September 11th, I was doing a lesson with my kids, and we were talking about how old everybody was in 2001. And I had shared how old I was with the class. And then a boy had said he was two years younger than me at the time. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like in 2001, how old were you? And he's like, yeah, I was, I was, you know, this old. And all the kids realized at that moment, like we were the same age. And it was really, really crazy um, because English learners could stay in school till they're 21. So he was 21 and I was 23. And then I realized my students were only two years younger than me. But they never made me feel, um, you know, they were very professional and awesome and just the greatest kids in the world. Um, and coming here alone really made them like my family because they were the kids I saw every day and they were with me through really hard times. 
a month after I moved here, my dad died. So that was difficult, but my kids got me through it. Seriously. Um, they were there for me every day, just the greatest kids. And to this day, I call them my kids and I talk to all of them still because all we had was each other. Many of them were orphans who fled refugee camps, um, who came to the United States. And I felt like, okay, I'm here alone too. So we're alone, but we're together. And it was awesome. Uh, my time in the East End of Henrico shaped so much of who I am as an educator. Um, I saw so many things happening in that school that I just knew weren't happening at other schools. And a lot of it was because of the population of the school. And I felt like there was a lot of injustices happening, nothing against the school. It, it was the system. Um, same with the students who I taught. So I taught English learners and I just, over my time there, the laws that we had in place in Virginia just weren't protecting our kids. At one point I had 38 kids in my first period class. And I just thought like, this would never happen with any other subject area. And it wasn't the school's fault. It was the laws that are happening in Virginia. They just aren't protecting our English learners. And I saw the needs of the kids in my class and how they weren't being addressed. Again, not to the fault of the administration or the school. Our administration was amazing. They were doing everything they could. It was so much bigger than that. It was a system that was in place. Um, and the system just wasn't helping these kids. And I felt very passionate that I needed to do something about it. And I listened to so many kids' stories and parents, and I thought, like, why isn't anybody doing anything about this? This is crazy. So a position opened up in central office in Chesterfield to be an ESL specialist. And what that means pretty much is somebody who helps make sure that the laws are being abided to for English learners. And you come up with programs and systems for the county that benefit English learners. And I thought, wow, this is such a cool job. This is my dream job. I'm going to do this. So I was lucky enough to get the job. So I came over to Chesterfield and I worked in central office and it was awesome. Um, there were a lot of things that I felt like I got to do to make a change. Um, I got to do a lot of work with the state, which is, you know, what I went out to do because I really wanted to try to help these kids and do something for them. And it was amazing. Um, I got to work with every school in Chesterfield. So I met tons of people, but then I still felt like something was missing. And at the time, my boss really encouraged me to get my admin degree. And she's like, you should just do it. You never know. And I was like, I don't want to be a principal. That's crazy. Who would want to do that job? That's nuts. And she's like, you should just do it because you're young and you don't have kids yet and just see what happens. So I thought, okay, I'll do it, but I'm going to stay in central office. I'm never going to go to a school. So I started doing my, I signed up, I got into school. Um, I started doing my internship and throughout my time when I was an ESL teacher, I taught myself some Spanish because I had realized that one of the biggest barriers for our, our families were that administrators and teachers couldn't speak the language of the students. So their needs just weren't being met. So I had to make a decision. I either learn Spanish and communicate with my families or I do not service them appropriately. So I learned Spanish, kind of. Um, so when I started doing my internship around Chesterfield, I would shadow administrators who, you know, everybody's just doing their best. But they were they would do things like, you know, discipline for a Spanish speaker and they'd pull another kid over to translate for the kid. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're going to have this other little kid translate for you what the discipline is? Like you just ruined your relationship with that kid. That's just not happening. Um, I saw just a lot of things happening that I thought, oh my gosh, I feel like I could be somebody who could help. I, but I still thought being an administrator was totally crazy. <laughs> and I loved the job that I had. So near the end, right around Black Lives Matter, it really hit me hard because I was having a lot of conversations with friends and colleagues and a lot of people who were just kind of getting into the whole Black Lives Matter movement and social injustices and things that are going on. And I realized that it was something I was extremely passionate about 
And a lot of that I owe to the school that I taught at in Henrico because those kids taught me so much and the administrators. And I was like, okay, I have to do it. I have to be an administrator. Like I just felt a calling to it. And that's when I decided, (laughs) which is crazy, to apply to be a dean. And I really liked a lot of the things that were happening at James River. Um, I had worked with James River previously, and I had seen the awesome things going on. And there's a lot of Spanish speakers at James River, so I thought that I could be an asset. So, I mean, I was so lucky to be hired as the dean. And then a month later, I was promoted to assistant principal, and it has been just the most awesome thing. And sometimes I'm like, this is crazy. I can't believe (laughs) I'm an assistant principal because I never wanted to do this. But um, what's really unique about the admin team at James River, and I'm not just saying this to say this, is because every single one of us is here because we want to help kids. It's not because we wanted to make more money. It's not because we wanted to be in a position of power. Every single administrator just wants to help all kids. And I just hope that the kids really realize that, that we're here for them. And um, it makes it a really great place to be. Well, thank you so much for just sharing your story. Um, I think, and I know we've talked about this, but um, you guys are definitely, I think that message has come really clear this year, especially being a senior. You guys are really trying to hold us. And then I talked to my friends about what their high school are doing and no one's really compared to James River right now for the seniors. <laughs> if I'm being, <laughs> if I'm being honest, they're like, Oh, you guys are doing all those things. Like we're not doing anything. Um, so it's, it's definitely showing through and you guys are just really doing a great job. And I've been lucky enough to be talking to the majority of you um, often, which is just a blessing on my part. Uh, But you guys are all amazing and definitely killing it. And I appreciate you telling your story. And I know we had talked about this too, but Mm -hmm. the similarities we have is kind of insane. like we are I know. so similar. It's you remind insane. me so much of myself when I was in high school. It's it's so cool. And when I listened to your podcast, I was like, oh, me and Ireland have so much in common. But the the difference, Ireland, is when I was your age, I would have never talked about it. I was so like I didn't realize at the time that those things were actually good things. I was very embarrassed. So Mm -hmm. I give you all the props in the world for being so transparent and telling your story and being awesome because there's so many kids in the same position as us and we just don't know it because we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And I think I, well, I thank you for being so kind, but I also think that like, you know, our society that I, that Mm -hmm. we're in right now is far more accepting than it was even a couple of years. Like you're not Mm -hmm. older than I am, honestly. And even just in a couple of years, we've already come farther and more of an accepting Mm -hmm. community, accepting place. Um, So I think the world's just moving in a good direction. And I'm glad that I can have a little part in it. Um, um, Totally agree. Totally agree. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so I do have a couple of questions for you. Um, some of them are kind of advicey. Some of them are more like reflective. So are there any teachers that you've had in the past that have kind of inspired you to be an educator and just any like instances or any specific teacher that you can think of that have really, really helped you along the way? Oh, totally. So when I was in high school, I was into leadership, which is so fitting that I'm at James River. And there was a science teacher who was this short, feisty young woman. Um, at the time, she was Miss Bergio. She's married now. And she ran our leadership program and she ran student council. And oh my gosh, she just was the greatest. She was so cool and small and powerful. And I loved her and just loved the kids. And I wanted to be just like her when I grew up. And That's really why I wanted to be a teacher. And it's funny because she also never wanted to be a principal. And now she's a principal. So I feel like I kind of followed in her footsteps. But yeah, definitely my leadership teacher and the student council advisor. She she really believed in me more than anyone else. So she's awesome. 
I love that. And I love that she's she's short and feisty. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, the parallels. Okay, I love it. And I think um, just, I'm just going to shout out Mrs. Hewlett really quick. Because I, I mean, I'm just a big fan of Mrs. Hewlett. She knows it. We spend a lot of time because I'm her aide and mm-hmm. everything. But that reminds me a lot of, I feel like just all leadership teachers in general are just powerhouses. Yep. But she definitely reminds me, she's, cause she's, she's small, mm-hmm. but feisty and fierce. Yep. And we just need more strong women like that. It's so because, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the next question. So, has having because you know we do come from very similar pasts Mm -hmm. and do you think that having a very more of a rough childhood has changed kind of your view on the world and um how it creates kind of a unique perspective especially in the position that you're in you know working with kids and being a higher up um how that kind of just changed your view oh yeah definitely um it's helped me really relate to the to kids But I want to make sure that kids know who I am because a lot of times I worry that kids think, oh, like she, she doesn't get it. She's just like an assistant principal and everything was easy for her and she's friendly. So her life isn't like mine. And I remember feeling that way when I was in high school and thinking like my principals don't get it. Nobody gets me. My teachers don't get me. They're not like me. But um, I really do sympathize with kids. And I feel like that's why I identified so much with the students that I worked with, because I get the struggle. I mean, I know people have much more struggles than I do, but I try to always think of things in a perspective of how I felt in high school. Um, One of the things that we decided as an admin team not to do was um, use cell phones for lunch accountability because I was the kid who didn't have a cell phone when I was in high school because I couldn't afford it. And I thought, I don't want to call anyone out at school who might not have a phone. So we're using paper. Like, that's why we, you know, we try to make decisions around those things. Um, but yeah, I, I always try to look at things, you know, in that lens and, um, just try to remember what it was like. But I, I still have like all these complexes growing up poor. Like I still think I'm poor. And I <laughs> like when I got braces, it was the most exciting day of my life when I was 25 and got braces because I could finally afford them. So things like that, like, yeah, I, I feel for people. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing, you know, being, an administrator and having not that, you know, people who haven't gone through anything doesn't mean that they can't be an amazing Mm -hmm. administrator. But I think having that past and kids knowing that you've gone through the same or same or very similar things that they are going through or that just the fact that you have been through stuff because I've, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I don't think, you know, speaking, I would say I like the kids, but I literally am a kid. Um, But, you know, as being a kid, a lot of people, you know, we don't typically see our teachers or admin as human beings Mm -hmm. who who have been in our shoes. Like you've all been teenagers. You've Mm -hmm. all been 16, sophomore year taking chemistry. Like Mm -hmm. everyone has been there. But when you're in it, you don't think that anyone is Mm -hmm. there. No one has been there with you. No one gets you. Yep. But literally, like, everyone gets you. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone knows. And I think um, that's really important for kids to know that, you know, these people who we look up to and are technically are, like, in charge of us and mm-hmm. whatever have been through the same crap as we have been. Oh, through. definitely. Definitely. And, like, I mean, it's funny to talk about what I was like in high school, but I think about that all the time. I mean, I look different now as an adult. On the weekend, I look different. But, like, yeah, I was the kid with pink hair and, like, my face all pierced up. And now I'm an adult who takes out my piercings when I go to work. So this question is a little bit more broad, um, but basically, what do you? what is your overall hope for all of your students? That's a good question. Um, I think my overall hope would be that everybody could be themselves in any capacity. So they're not afraid in their social life to be who they are. They're not afraid to try classes. 
and they just are who they are, their most authentic self. Because I'll say for a long time, I felt like I wasn't my authentic self until after I graduated from high school. And I see so many awesome kids at our school. And I just hope that they're being true to themselves because the longer you wait to be true to yourself, you're just miserable if you're not. So yeah, that would be my hope and that everybody's able to do what they want to do. And they're not doing things because of pressure. Like I know my husband, he, he didn't really want to go to college. It just really wasn't for him. And I really believe that not everybody should go to college if they don't want to. So I hope that if there's kids who are feeling pressured to do something like that, that they're able to make the decision that's best for them or vice versa. If they want to go, then they do go. Um, but yeah, that would be my hope. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. And I think, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of high school is like that pressure to be mm. a certain way or do a certain thing. Um, but I think, you know, <laughs> through what we've all been through in the last year, I think, I, I would say like society as a whole, and especially, you know, out, you guys, our school are doing a really good job at making sure everyone you know, feels like they are special and they, they're loved even if they're not the society's norm, normal, quote unquote. Oh, you said that better than me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) No, no, but I I think this year we've all kind of learned there's no normal. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd like to think that I thought that before, but maybe I didn't. And, you know, my normal is not the same as someone else. And I hope, you know, with time and especially, you know, being a teenager, it is hard to, you know, be yourself sometimes, mm-hmm. but being yourself is normal. Even if you don't like, does that, I don't know if that makes sense. No, but it does. Even when, you know, you might, I don't know, you might be <laughs> into like anime or something Mm -hmm. that's not traditionally like cool but it's cool to you and I think and what I oh my gosh my friends this is a good example my friends love (laughs) this book series by Sarah J Mass like upset Mm -hmm. like fairies like okay crazy fairy fantasy I'm not necessarily into that but I tell I listen to them I'll talk about it and I tell them I literally I say this like every day I'm like I love and appreciate all that you love and appreciate (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Love it with you. I love to hear because it makes them so happy. Yeah, love how happy you are about these fairies. Mm -hmm. But and I think you know now. Shout out one of my best friends, Josie Brooks. Will literally tell our entire AP literature class about these books for like a half hour because she's passionate about. Yeah, I think that's you know a part of you know, being yourself and sharing those things about you that some people might think is a little quirky, but mm-hmm. cool because you're being you. And, um, even the fact that we're able to, especially like in leadership, being in like a small cohort of people where we all know mm-hmm. each other our whole lives, basically, I mean, our whole like teenage lives, um, you know, just being able to share things that you wouldn't normally share and just being in a community of, people that are really welcoming, I think is super important. And I think at least from my point of view, I feel, you know, very much so loved and supported in the James River community. Um, And I, like I said, I feel like this year, especially, I think a lot of people are also feeling that way. Mm -hmm. I hope so. And that's one of the reasons why this platform exists is for people to feel that way. Um, But you guys, like I, I, I'm not trying to be a butt kisser, but you guys are doing a very good job. So the next question, this could be a little bit redundant, but um, overall, what do you want the James River student body to know about you and your values? Ooh, that's a loaded question. I feel like I'm getting interviewed by Dr. Volker again, but it is, <laughs> it is good because I feel like that's, um, you know, why I'm here. So I would say that I'm here for all kids and that aligns so much with the new slogan we have for James River. We are all JR, which includes each and every kid. Um, 
I want to make the best educational experience for everybody, regardless of your race, socioeconomic status, language, culture, um, ability. We want, I just want the school to be great for everybody. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come back to the building. As I talked about before, um, I want it to be a place where everybody feels comfortable, where parents who don't speak the language feel like they could come in and we'll help them. People who aren't familiar with the culture, they know that they could come to James River and feel safe. Um, transgender students or uh, members of the LGBTQ plus community, I hope that that's the most up-to-date term. <laughs> Edit me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I think I think it's LGBTQ plus. I think okay, I think so too. Okay. I think so too. Um, I just want everybody to feel like they're included. That is a huge value for me because I worked in the office of equity before this. So I really fought for equitable education for all. And that's what I wanted to bring to James river. Even though there's a lot of that already in place, I just wanted to add to it. And, um, I know Dr. Volker and the rest of the team is also very passionate about that, but, um, yeah. I also just, how similar we are because I, I have talked about how I do want to be eventually a principal and obviously start mm-hmm. a elementary school teacher just as you have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as, as just a human, I, I like one of my goals is just to fight for equality for everyone. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I know. And we've also talked about the whole, you know, I don't want to be a white straight savior because I, mm-hmm. I, I, I I know that's what I am, but I just know the inequalities that happen. And it makes me so sad because I just love people. Just people mm-hmm. are amazing and perfect just the way they are. And no one should be treated differently for things they literally can't control and just for silly stuff. So I just love just everything that you're doing and everything that you have done is like just I you're someone that I would want to grow up to be like like your teacher that you had. Like that's so nice. No, because you've done all these incredible things and you're still doing incredible things. And that's like, I can see myself like, I want to be like that when I get Mm. older. So I really admire that. And I think that's just something, you know, I never really heard. I mean, before, like prior to this year, you know, I mean, this platform did exist last year, but not for the admin. So I didn't Mm. really know all of their goals, but just knowing that there are people, there are administration in our building that want to f- not just fight for, you know, the, the, the white boys, mm-hmm. but like literally everyone, no matter who you are, as long as you're a human who breathes and walks on this earth, like you are being represented and you are being followed. Mm-hmm. I think that's something incredible for all students, literally everyone to hear and to know. And, um, yeah, I, I thank you for that because, like I said, that's literally the like such a role model right here. Um, that's, thank you. That is so sweet. Of course. No, I'm speaking my truth. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. So then the next two questions are kind of like advice questions. Mm-hmm. This question is I ask all of the staff that I have come on mm-hmm. just – selfishly asking um any advice you have for future educators um especially now that you this group of educators in the united all over the world right now have gone through a pandemic something that no one has gone through before like Mm -hmm. no one's ever experienced this and hopefully future teachers won't really have to go through this but you guys have definitely learned I feel like learned a lot in plus here as students, we've as we've also learned a lot. Um, but just any advice generally that you have for future educators and people who want to go into this field? Yeah. It's gonna be similar to my other answer. Um, just be you. That sounds so obvious, but I can't tell you how many times on my journey I was told to be somebody else. Like numbers of times. Um, I remember when I was student teaching, they had this seminar where they told us that 
we had to all dye our hair one color and we're muted. Women had to wear muted colors. Like this is crazy. And we're minimal makeup and we couldn't, we were never allowed to have tattoos and no facial piercings. And I had my, my ears were stretched. This used to be a thing when I was in high school, we'd stretch our ears really big. Like mine were like half an inch. And I, I thought, okay, I have to change who I am because I can't ever be a teacher or an educator with, you know, my ears stretched or my facial piercings or people knowing who I really am. So I really hid who I was in a lot of ways um, because I was told to do that. And I've had bosses or um, people above me who have also pressured me to do things that just didn't feel true to myself. And when you're not being true to yourself, everybody can feel that and you're never going to be successful. So my advice would just be always be yourself and do what you have to do to, you know, first of all, always what's best for kids, because that's number one in education. If you're not doing what's best for kids, you have no reason to be in, in education, put kids first. That's also good advice that I got from a former boss. But also you have to be yourself because if you're not, people notice that and you're never going to be successful. And that's one of the things I love about, I keep saying this, the admin team is I feel like for the first time in a really long time, I could be who I am and I could have strong opinions about things that are respected and we could disagree, disagree on things, but in a really healthy, awesome way where we all grow after but you always have to do what you know in your gut is best. That's some incredible advice. Thank you. And I, I hate that. I didn't even know that was like, well, I knew teacher seminars were a thing, but mm-hmm. I never thought about the things that are told to our teachers of you need to look like you have to fit into this box that we mm-hmm. imagine for you, but there, no one is, a box. No one fits in that box. Literally not even what you would think of the perfect person, the perfect person. They aren't a perfect person and that they want, I don't think anyone necessarily loves wearing muted colors or loves, you know, whatever. That makes me so sad. I'm sorry that that happened, but I'm glad that now, you know, you're doomed over the place where you all can be yourselves. And I think it, it definitely shows um, the chemistry that the four of you admin have um, and that it's, you know, it's hard to even have a group of people that can work together so well during this insane year that no, literally no one ever knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no one knows what's going to happen next month. Like yeah, we literally no one can predict it. Um, so I do, especially as a future teacher and, um, just general educator, I do really appreciate that advice and putting the kids first is um, definitely something that I, as I get older, I will, you know, ponder on more, but I can definitely think of some teachers who maybe didn't, that, not even Jane Thorpe teachers, but t- teachers that I've had in the past who I've, who maybe haven't lived by that motto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no tea, no shade, but I think, you know, for me, I, if all my friends know this, I just love kids. Like my friend, mm-hmm. that makes I want like a million children. Like, <laughs> you're already going to be a kindergarten teacher. Like you're going to have like, 20 kids plus whatever babies you end up having. I'm like, <laughs> like, that's going to be my life. Like I'm going to have like a million like children. Um, but I think that's definitely something important just for people. Also just people to know as, as a teenager, like knowing that the teachers, one of our admin's core value is to put the kids first, which some mm-hmm. people don't ever think of when thinking of their teachers, which is kind of crazy. Um, but the reality. Um, and so the last qu- advice, little question that I have um, is something that you've probably <laughs> been asked before or recently, um, but just now that we are in this, I think, is it called parallel learning? Yes. Yeah. Good for you. (laughs) I know there have been multiple terms thrown out, so I didn't want to like use the wrong one, but just general advice that you have for our students along with our teachers while we're doing parallel learning. Um, The teachers 
you know, having to teach the kids in class and virtual and then the kids virtual, how they can make the most of that and the kids in person, how they can make the most of that. Um, just, I know that's kind of a loaded question and it's very brand new. Like this is our mm-hmm. second of this, um, but any advice that you could give to those students and teachers? Well, I wish I would have had to experience what virtual teaching was like, but I'll be very honest. I haven't. So I, when I was a teacher, I never had to do that. Um, I've never had to do parallel teaching either. So a lot of what I know about it is from our teachers who have taught me our rock star teachers. Um, this is so new to everybody. So it, it's difficult. So I think just remembering that this is new, this is hard and this is temporary. This isn't forever. I know that at the beginning of the pandemic and multiple times throughout the pandemic, I feel like this is forever and it it feels really isolating sometimes. And it's not a secret. I'm obviously very pregnant. So (laughs) that's why I look like a little globe, but that's hard being pregnant in a pandemic because I have to be so, so, so careful because I'm high risk, you know, being pregnant and, um, unvaccinated. I decided not to get the vaccine just because it, it isn't all the way, um, approved for pregnant women. I mean, that's a whole thing, but I don't mind sharing that because I, I think it's good for people to know that that's why I have a huge plexiglass thing around my cart because <laughs> I'm just trying to keep myself as safe as possible. And I appreciate all the students and teachers for everything they've done to keep me safe. But just remembering that this is all temporary. The pandemic's temporary. Parallel teaching is temporary. The way that you feel right now is temporary. Um, it's overwhelming. So talk about it. Don't isolate yourself and feel like you're alone for kids who are struggling at home being a virtual learner. Reach out, talk to your friends about it. Tell your parents how you're feeling. I know that your teachers are asking you every day, in social emotional learning, how are you doing? Be honest with them. They're asking you because they want to know. They're not asking you because they have to. They wouldn't ask you if they didn't want to. So use that opportunity to talk to your teachers because they're also going through it. Um, it's hard to teach kids in person and virtually at the same time. Our teachers are rocking it though. So shout out to them. But for the teachers, same thing, talk to each other. Right now, my focus is everyone's mental health. (laughs) Academics are very important. Obviously, I'm in education. I'm an administrator. You know, I, I want everyone to be successful. But right now in the pandemic, we have to take care of our mental health. And if we're not talking to each other about how we feel and we're not taking steps to make ourselves feel good, we're going to struggle. And there, there have been times where I've struggled, but, you know, reaching out to your people, And if you don't have people, finding your people, because there are so many people who care about everybody in our school, teachers and kids alike, and we all are in the same boat, but that doesn't make it easier. So yeah, talk about the struggles. That's what I would say. Yeah, I think that's some great advice. And, you know, I can't speak from the teacher standpoint. I just know what I'm seeing, you know, from being in person right now, they are really killing it and they're... I know that they're trying their hardest and I think they're all doing a good job, but I think definitely just talking to one another um, teachers and students alike just need to be doing that. And students contacting, connecting with their teachers, I think is super important because mm-hmm. I'm just going to use Mr. Addison as an example. He Woo-hoo! is so amazing mm-hmm. with all of us. You know, he, Oh, so he he knows that we're seniors. He knows that this is weird and hard and he teaches an AP class, but he has been just so, he doesn't overload us with work. And even if he feels like he does, he like uh, uh, just apologizes. And we're like, Mr. Addison, like you're fine. Like you, like we can handle it. He's just so sweet and he's so mindful of how we're feeling and like even if you turn something in late like he just he knows that we're also just going through so much and he's going like Mm -hmm. everyone is so having teachers like that I think is just so so great and just having that because I you know talk to friends who are like oh no I'm not gonna get this in on time because I had this blah 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 it's like just email your teacher because they 
probably will understand mm-hmm. and realize like they, they all know like this is weird. Like this is not an ideal year and it's hard and people are going through so much right now. Like before the pandemic we were, but I think just everyone's, like you said, mental health and a lot of kids are struggling financially and there's just Mm -hmm. so many things, so many components that are being played right now um, that definitely I I agree with the communication that your your teachers get it. Like they understand and your fellow students get it. And if you're a kid listening to this, literally just talk to me. DM the humans of Jane over Instagram. I will talk to you about, I literally don't care who you are. Like if you don't feel comfortable talking to a teacher, I'm also here. There's plenty of people there that will want to help you. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's super important because this this, this is just weird. Like we can all agree, like this is weird. This is not Mm -hmm. normal from what we're So weird. But, you know, it is kind of, I don't want to say it's a new normal because we will be back to how it used to be eventually. But just kind of like living in the chaos is what we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for your advice. And I think, like I said, I think that'll help a lot of teachers and students listening to this who aren't even at Jane River. I, cause literally every school is like doing this right now. Like everyone's in the mm-hmm. same place. Also kind of nice, like knowing you really are like isolating yourself. I mean, it's hard, especially if you have other mental illnesses that like you can easily isolate yourself right now definitely everyone in the country in the world yeah in the world like you can talk to someone who lives in like california or something right now they're going through the same stuff like everyone Mm -hmm. is going through the same stuff so even if you feel like you're alone you're i can guarantee you that you're not Um, exactly i that like you hit it on the head and i i have to say my, the highlight of this year has been going to work. That sounds so pathetic, but like I talked about before, you know, being pregnant and being at so high risk of catching COVID and the side effects would be really bad if I did get it. So I just have to be really cautious. I don't see anybody except for kids at school and teachers and the people I work with. And even throughout the year, like you know, we all went through those months where we didn't see anybody. The only people I saw were kids virtually, like in classes or, and now like the only people I'm still seeing are the kids in the hallway and teachers. And it like, it's my social event. The first football game of the year was like the most fun social event for me in the past year, because I got to be with my other friends, the other administrators and teachers and just see kids. And it felt like normal again. Mm-hmm. So just remember that if you're feeling that way, we are too. Like I look forward to going to work because, well, for many reasons, but it's my social time because that's the only time I'm seeing people. So I just, you know, I, I love everybody that I get to interact with. It's exciting. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, not that I, I never dreaded going to school, but now, since we haven't been in the building in literally, it was a year last week, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to see all these people and all these mm-hmm. people, you know, just people. I like find myself like probably very creepily smiling and waving at teachers who definitely have no idea who I am. But I'm like, hi, like you're a human, like we're here together. They probably <laughs> all think I'm crazy, but I don't care because I'm just excited to be out and like not that you know i have been out more mm-hmm. and i i feel like i would even think like you're pregnant like that is just a whole nother level of like you have you have to be so cautious and it's funny too because i know so many teachers who have either just recently announced that they're pregnant or were mm-hmm. pregnant during the time like i think of miss barnes miss spratley miss Hewlett, like mm-hmm. so teachers and you know i really do sympathize with you ladies because that's so hard because you're already you're probably like you're holding another child, mm-hmm. like, another human being in you. And then you can't like, you, you're just by yourself all the time. Yeah. I didn't even see my family. So like my family doesn't even know what I look like pregnant, which it's, so that's why it's so special. Like for my coworkers, because they've been with me, the kids, like 
you know, you guys have seen my journey when my own family hasn't been able to. So it's just very meaningful. And I loved how you talked about being like really over the top when you see people. The very first event that we had where we gave things out, we were all like just so intense, like, hey, everybody, like screaming and probably scaring everyone. But like you were saying, we're just so excited to see people. We're so excited to see kids. We're so excited to see teachers that it just feels, it feels good. It's hard not to hug everybody. No, I know. I've like wanted to hug like friends that I haven't seen in like a year. Like one of my good friends who's, he's a sophomore boy. So he Mm -hmm. has grown so much. And like, I saw like, I met him when he was a freshman. I think of him as like my little child, like this little baby. And now he's way taller than me. And I see him like, what is going on? Like, this is weird. Like, Mm -hmm. We've also, like, all my friends know us, we were like, why are all the boys so tall? Like, when did this, when did this happen? Like, everyone's tall now, everyone. It's, it's really funny, because I mean. It is. It's because you don't see the person for a year, mm-hmm. and especially puberty, and the boys just, they grow, they really grow, and I feel really short now, but <laughs> that was a side note, but it's just really funny, like, you know, like, you it, it does kind of suck that you can't go up and hug these people, but you can, like, mm-hmm. I give, like, air hugs to people. I'm like, I'm hugging you right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but it, it's just, it really is just so nice to see people and just to know that our teachers um, want to see us and, like, are happy and so excited. Oh, yeah. So excited. It's so nice to know that. Um, like I said, especially for some students who maybe like their parents are making them go back. Mm-hmm. But I know some people who are in that boat, maybe they aren't as excited, but I think it helps to see the teachers in the ad administration's excite- excitement makes you feel more like, oh, like they, they want me to be here. Like this yes. is cool. Like this isn't as bad as mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. I think everyone can agree. Like it, the first week I was nervous. I was like, I don't know how this is going to, like, I figured it'd be good, but I was like, this is uncharted territory. Like, mm-hmm. and I didn't hybrid. So I was like, this is new. Like I am, I've yep. never gone back. To, I haven't been to school in a year, but it, it's been so great. And everyone agrees. Like all of my friends were all just like, this is nice. Like feels normal in a way. Kind good. Of. That makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. Like being able to, you know, even though we can't really be that close to each other, but like, you know, having lunch with your friends and mm-hmm. going to classes and it's like, okay, this is like kind of what it was like a year ago, maybe, yeah. not, but like the best it can be. So it's just really nice. And it is, it really is. And it's, it's made my job easy because we haven't had any issues with masks and you no, know, I'm- everybody gets it. They get it. We all understand that we have to, use these protocols to stay safe. And that that's just another level that just makes it so much easier that we don't have to worry about that. So that one thing that I was like nervous about going back, I was like, Oh, are there going to be kids that like don't want to wear a mask? Everyone that I've seen has worn their masks mm-hmm. properly on their face. Yeah. Like I haven't like literally seen anyone, but I have like, I think of like my cousins are in Arizona and it's very different there. Like they have, my cousin, she's a sophomore and she like, she's like horrified to go to school because kids just don't even put their masks on and yeah. them. And so, you know, she, she almost, they thought that she had COVID, but she didn't, which is good. But like, I was like worried. I was like, am I going to have to worry about that? But I, I feel totally, and I told my family, this. like, I feel totally safe at James River. Like mm-hmm. that makes me happy to hear. Cautions and no, like I, like I said, I've literally seen no, students take off like besides at lunch to Mm -hmm. eat everyone's being really good so I applaud all of you and just the students and everyone's the kids for sure wants to be Mm -hmm. like for the most part people are like we can see each other so this is cool let's just put our masks on yep I think people are you know getting that this is what's going to keep us safe because we have been doing this for a year now Mm -hmm. um just about um so it, it definitely made me really happy to see. And I even noticed today, I was like, everyone's being so good. I was like, this is yep. awesome. Like, it was the same in November. Like we had yeah. no problems with masks. So yeah. shout out to our kids for being awesome. Golf claps. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so that was all my questions for you. Thank you so awesome. much for coming on and talking to me and just being awesome. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear your story and just get to know you a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I really just thank you so much because I know your life is insane right now. And just taking the time to talk to you, to me means a lot to me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was so excited because I listened to your podcast. So I listen every episode. Um, so I was like, oh, this is cool. This is like a, this is in my normal rotation. I hope I don't sound lame. I hope you guys no. don't think I'm lame, but it, it is weird because I haven't met so many kids in person and I haven't had the chance to be around a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I hope that this helps, you know, yeah. everyone understand who I am and who's this short girl. Oh, she's the new assistant principal. Okay. <laughs> I promise I'm nice and I'm excited to meet everybody. Yes. And I think they'll, they will not think that you're lame. They will definitely be <laughs> so excited to meet you after this. And, you know, hope, I hope that maybe people might shoot you a couple of emails, you know, people will listen oh, for sure. So yeah, just thanks again. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Ireland. You're so sweet. And thank you for all the nice compliments. Oh, always, always. I keep, I'll keep them coming. <laughs> all right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the human, the James over and an even bigger. Thank you to miss Melissa for just, you know, taking some time out of her very busy schedule to come and sit down and talk to me and talk to all of you. She is honestly one of my favorite people. We have been joking that we're like the same person because we have just so many commonalities and she is absolutely incredible. And we are just as, you know, part of the James River community, we are so lucky to have her um, as a part of our admin team. And like I'd said in the um, during our little interview, you know, the admin team, they're just busting their butts and they're doing an amazing job this year. And what, and and the seemingly impossible year to like, I don't even know. (laughs) Like they've, they've just done a great job and, you know, it has been super hard for everyone. Um, especially, you know, trying to keep that school spirit and wanting to get up to go to your Google me classes or to go to school, but they're just doing a phenomenal job and I applaud them because they're killing it. Um, but like I said, I just hope that you guys enjoyed listening to this episode and learn about Miss Mullis. And, you know, either if you're a virtual student or an in-person student, she's more than willing to talk to all of you if you want to shoot her an email or if you just want to walk up and say hi to her during lunch. Like, she's the best. So um, I'm really just grateful that she... Um, was gracious enough to come onto the podcast. All right, so moving on. I say this every episode, but don't forget to follow the Humans of James River on Instagram at Humans of JR Pod, as well as um, at Humans of JR Pod on Facebook. You can also listen to the podcast. Um, well, you, you are listening to it right now, but <laughs> through the website www.humansofjamesriver.com. Or on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I think it's called Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts. Um, you can give it a listen on there. Don't forget, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give it a like, a rating, a little comment. It just helps you know more people to find this platform, which is super awesome. As well, um, the next teacher panel is going to be on March 29th. Um, since this will be posted on Tuesday, I'll be posting about that on Monday. And so be on the lookout for that. It counts as NHS, Key Club, and Leadership Hours. And we have an amazing group of teachers, Miss um, Parsons, Mr. Ensminger, and Mr. Barasa. And so I think it's going to be a good one. And you can find the Google Meet link on my Instagram or on the website. Or if you need to, you can also DM me or email me at <laughs> humansofjerrychess at gmail.com if you're interested in the teacher panel or being on an episode or you just need someone to talk to, you can reach me there or on the Instagram or literally where, or my personal Instagram. Um, I'm always here to talk or just if you need a, you know, an event, anything, I'm here for you all. Um, and yeah, that I think that 
That does it. <laughs> My little shameless self promo there. Um, so yeah, episode 14. It's a wrap. It's crazy how it's I'm like, I don't know how it's like the end of March already. The months are flying by so fast, but I hope that you guys have been enjoying season two so far. We still have, you know, I'm going up to 20 episodes, so stay buckled in. <laughs> we ain't ending yet. <laughs> um, but I just really appreciate all of your love and support surrounding the Human of the Dream River. It means the absolute world to me. And I'm so excited to just keep on going. And I hope that you all have a great rest of your day, week, months. Um, and I look forward to speaking with you again. Bye. Bye.